Amen. Amen. If I've not had the opportunity to meet you yet, my name is Neil. I have the privilege of being one of the pastors here at Cottage Hill. So uh, we're, we're ready. We're excited. Um, one of the things that in, as I was preparing for this, for this Sunday, I, I said, man, here's the thing. A lot of people, I bet if we took a poll around this giant room and we said, who in here loves to wait? If we took a poll, I bet there wouldn't be a lot of hands going up. Nobody gets up in the morning and says, man, I just really, really, really can't wait to wait today at every turn, every opportunity. I just want to wait, 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 wait. We don't like to wait in traffic. We don't like to wait at the gas station. We don't like to wait at the drive through unless it's Chick-fil-A, then it's our pleasure, right? Hmm. There Neil goes mentioning Chick-fil-A on a Sunday and I can't have it till tomorrow. We can't wait on our food to cook in the oven so we nuke it in the microwave. We just can't wait. My kids, they, they literally conspired against us a couple years ago and they said, hey, here's the deal. Can we open a Christmas present on Christmas Eve? Just one because we just can't wait till Christmas. And Allie caved, so I said, sure. We just can't wait. But then sometimes life happens and we're forced to wait. Whether it's wait on a test result, wait on whatever, fill in the blank. And we're made to wait. I feel like I've got this internal jukebox going on in my head because when I start thinking about wait, I start thinking about like Tom Petty said, the waiting is the hardest part. Some of y'all may know that song. Then there's the, uh, the Marvelettes. So, uh, stop, wait a minute, Mr. Postman, anybody? These are the things that go on in my head, y'all. Just come along for the ride. But sometimes we're forced to wait. And what happens, when that happens, we've got three options. Sometimes we choose what's behind door number one, and that's wait passively. We're just like, mm, ho-hum, Waiting passively, not really getting excited. We decide and conclude that life is completely out of our control, so we just wait. An example of that is, Neil, I just don't have any friends. And I say, well, what are you doing to make friends? Well, nothing. Like in a room, in a group of people, what do you do? Well, I just stand on the wall. Who do you talk to? Nobody. So you're waiting for friends to come to you because you're that big of a deal. Waiting passively, that's the first option. We can wait recklessly. That's where we, we force things to happen that probably that, that, that shouldn't happen. An example of that is, and I'm, I'm removing the names to protect the innocent, but 
You want something so bad, for example, a king comforter, king size comforter. You want a king size comforter so bad, you go to the store, you buy the king size comforter because it doesn't really matter how much money it costs. It doesn't really matter. It's the fact that you want a king size comforter, so you go get a king size comforter. And you get home, and before you've even gotten it out of the package, you go, buyer's remorse. And then you're stuck, but you've got the receipt, and you've got a sister that's good at walking in and being confrontational. So you take your sister, who's real confrontational, and she takes it back for you, all because you waited recklessly. I don't know who that happened to. But then the third option is we wait actively. When we combine wisdom and patience and an intentional plan to leverage our time. An example there is, hey, Neil, I don't have any friends, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be the friend that I want, that I want to find. I'm going I'm to go, go seek out people. I'm going to be kind to somebody because I want somebody to be kind to me. And today what we're going to do is we're going to look at what it means to wait upon God. We're going to define it in scripture. We're going to see how David waited on God. And then we're going to see how waiting on God changes us. So hopefully by this point, you've had enough time to turn in your Bible to Psalm 62. Psalm 62, that's what we're going with today. Psalm 62, if you would go ahead and stand for the reading of God's word, it'll be on the stage, I mean on the screens for you. Um, Let's go ahead and, and verse one. For God alone, my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress, I shall not be greatly shaken. How long will all of you attack a man to batter him, like a leaning wall, a tottering fence? They only plan to thrust him down from his high position. They take pleasure in falsehood, they bless with their mouths, but inwardly they curse. For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence. For my hope is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. May God bless the reading of his word. You may be seated. The first thing, what waiting on God means. Now for me, just to give you some insight into me, when, I, when, I'm, when I'm studying, when I'm trying to learn something, I try to find out like, the definition of something. So I want to know what it means, especially if it's a long word that I don't really understand. But, but sometimes even going into the dictionary for the definition of waiting can be helpful. So here we have a definition. Actually, we've got several. Stay where one is or delay action until a particular time until something happens or until a person comes. You know, like, stay put, remain, stop, halt, pause. Or remain in readiness for some purpose. I'm ready. 
It also can in, indicate eager impatience for something. I can't wait for tomorrow. So that's what it means, but then how can, how can our attitude, what should our attitude be when we're waiting on God? Our attitude in waiting on God should be, we should be patient. Psalm 40 verse one in the NIV says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. So I should have a patient attitude. I should also ignore distractions. Psalm 37, seven says this, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Distractions. I literally have brought a distraction with me up on stage unintentionally uh, today, so I'm gonna have to take this off, my bad. Here's the problem with that. This is just us. That thing, 924 every Sunday, it tells me if I'm up or down on my percentage. Anybody? How much time I've looked at my phone screen this week? Mine, my nemesis is the, uh, when it tells me the hot lights on. Anybody? Um, Krispy Kreme. We must ignore distractions. Get rid of them. Know what they are, ignore them. We should also concentrate on God. Psalm 130 verse five in the ESV says this, I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I hope. The NIV says this, I wait for the Lord, my whole being waits. And in his word, I put my hope. Pastor Chris talked about hope last week. I'm going to give you three words to remember. We'll talk about it in a minute. Wait. Hope. Trust. We'll come back to that in a minute. We should also, our attitude should be with longing. Psalm 130 verse 6 says, My soul waits for the Lord more than the watchman wait for the morning. And if we didn't get it the first time, he, the psalmist repeats himself saying, more than the watchman, wait for the morning. That's not a typo. He said it twice. So our attitude reflects how we wait on God. But what are we waiting for? What are we waiting for? And if we started a list right now amongst all of us, the list would be long for all the things we're waiting on the Lord for. So I picked out a few. First one, prayers to be answered. We're waiting for prayers to be answered. Psalm 5, 3 says, in the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you and wait expectantly. Waiting for prayers to be answered. Some of us are waiting for encouragement. Psalm 27, 14 says this, wait for the Lord. 
Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. We need encouragement. Protection. Psalm 33, 20 says this, our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. Some of us are waiting for God's plan to unfold. 106, uh, Psalm 106, 13 says, but they soon forgot his works and did not wait for his counsel. They didn't wait for God's plan to unfold. Salvation. Psalm 119, 166, I wait for your salvation, Lord, and I follow your commands. Some of y'all, like me, are waiting on wisdom. Proverbs 8, 34, blessed is the one who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting beside my doors. Let's listen. Waiting on justice from God. Proverbs 20, verse 22 says, do not say I will repay evil. Wait for the Lord and he will deliver you. So, so funny. I say funny. Wait. Hope. Trust. In the Bible, in different translations, those words are synonymous. That means they're used to say the same thing. Wait. Hope. Trust. Read a story about a woman who goes to a garage sale. I'll just give you all a little, this is a little free. This is just us here talking. I'm not a shopper. I'm a, I'm a hunter and a gatherer. I'm like, I know what I want. I go get it. I leave and go do what I want to do. I don't shop. And if I find something that I like and it's in my size, I get every color. It's just easier that way. But this woman goes to this yard sale, garage sale, and she's just perusing up and down those tables that that lady borrowed from her church. She's looking at everything. And the, her neighbor goes, comes up to her and says, hey, thank you so much for coming to my yard sale. I appreciate you coming and the things that you've bought. And she says, I'm not sure my husband's going to appreciate it. He's not going to be proud of all these deals that you found. He's not going to be excited about all these little trinkets that you've brought into our, your house. She said, no, actually, he's broken his leg, and he's waiting on me to take him to the hospital to get it set. There's no kind of deal that's going to overcome that, right? I mean, he's, he's, he's waiting. We wait for all kinds of things. Not always patiently, but we wait. And we've discussed what waiting on God means and how we wait and some examples of what we're waiting for. Let's look at how David, King David, waited on God. 
When we, um, when I was growing up many moons ago, all my buddies in our Jeeps, we had CB radios and we'd have, breaker, breaker, one nine, come on, talk to me. It was fun. Because you'd wait to see if anybody else was out there. This is before cell phones. <laughs> Why don't you just text them? Because you couldn't. They wasn't a thing. You see people walking down the street, and sometimes those people are um, talking to themselves. Have you seen that? Where people are walking down the street and they're talking to themselves, you're like, that's weird. Who are they talking to? Or if you're like me, you've been in line at the grocery store and this guy's cheetah chatter and he's just, pop, 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 pop. he's talking, I'm answering him. He's talking, I'm answering him. He's talking, I'm answering him. All of a sudden he goes, go on somewhere else and talk and, 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 and don't talking in your little ear pod thingamabob. But see, David, King David, you know what he did? He found solace. He, he, he would speak to his soul. Of course, now psychologists have found it's very healthy to do that. Helps you focus on the problems at hand. David commonly talked to himself. Uh, Psalm 103 verse 2 says this, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Psalm 42.5 says, Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil with me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation. Right here, David is addressing his soul, saying, My soul waited only upon God. And what he was doing was reminding himself of the priority to think and live selflessly. Think of how many people you know that have literally train wrecked their lives because they have chosen to ignore God. Millions of people have done great things only to die unhappy. And the question is, are you living for business? You'll be disappointed. Are you, are you living to gain respectability? You will be disappointed. Make God your one object in life and all these things shall be added unto you. See, Jesus says in Matthew six twenty six, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns and yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And then you skip down to 33 and 34 uh, is the, the reminder, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, because all these things, because you're seeking his, his kingdom first, because you're seeking Jesus first, therefore, all these things, therefore, this is a reminder, don't be anxious. Quit being anxious about tomorrow, for let tomorrow be anxious enough for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Selflessness. David's reminding himself of the priority for direction. 
Some laugh at the idea that we should go to God for direction. Heard a lady one time said, I only take God the big things. Newsflash, this is free. The biggest thing that you could ever worry about, the biggest thing that you could ever be concerned about is T90 to God. Itty bitty small. So the challenge for us today is to let Jesus be our guide. Let Jesus be our roadmap. Let Jesus be our GPS. Who do you turn to when life gets hard? That's a question only you can answer. Do you turn to six friends and ask them? Or do you turn to God? Because with six friends come six opinions. Am I right? Hmm. Let Jesus be the first person we turn to. Ask him for advice. But then the question is, have I already made up my mind? Have I already predetermined what I want to do, and I'm just really saying, hey, God, I'm going to need you to just give you a little stamp of approval there. God, I've already got a plan for what I want to do with my life. God, I've already got a plan with what I want to do with my marriage, with my family. I just really need you to just give you a little stamp of approval. We make up our mind and then we pray, Lord, just show me what I ought to do. We've already made up our mind. And here's the other thing. We listen. We've made up our mind. And when the result doesn't happen the way we want to, we don't get mad at ourselves. Who do we get mad at? We get mad at God. We must surrender our our will if we want God's best. We must be selfless. We must ask for direction, make that a priority. And we must also for protection. At the siege of Copenhagen under Lord Nelson in April of 1801, the British military blasted the city with guns and mortars. The, almost the entire city was burned. And an officer walked around the ruins and he finds one house, one solitary house, not burned, not touched. Everything around it is just burnt to a crisp. And he asked one of his 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 people. He says, hey, what happened here? What happened to this house? Why didn't this house get burned? Who lives here? His, his uh, underling said, that guy's a Quaker. He wouldn't fight. All he did was sit in the house and pray with his family. Nothing happened to his house. And he said, surely God has been a shield, a wall of fire around them, a very present help in time of need. Wait upon God. If you've been reviled and falsely charged, never answer. Leave it alone. 
You know, we say, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Practice non-resistance. It says here, don't wade in the fight with people. Those saying, the more you stir the pot, the worse it stinks. Proverbs 26, 20 says, without wood, a fire goes out. Without a gossip, a quarrel dies down. Here's the, the Neil International Version. You ready for this? When you get down in the mud with pigs, you both get dirty, and the pigs don't care. Hmm, that'll preach. Neil, could you write that down for me? So many times we get caught up in these things, in these conversations, that we just need to be quiet. You see, Christians shouldn't fear what lost people fear. It dishonors our faith in Christ to be fearful and panicked. There is no finer exhibition of faith than the confidence of a Christian in their hour of trouble. So we've seen how David did it. Now how does waiting in the Lord change us? It gives us a new target. An old quote said, money isn't everything, but it sure keeps the kids coming around. Well, why? Why do they keep coming around? Well, first, my hope is it's because they love us. But secondly, it's that expectation that someday there might be an inheritance coming. David says in Psalm 62, 5, for God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from him. If we are truly children of God, we have an inheritance coming. If we put our trust in our earthly business, it may fail. The bottom might drop out of the economy. Our 401k might go down 18% since the first of the year. We might find ourselves beggars on the street, regardless of how much we have. Instead, we must put our faith in Jesus until we die. Ask him, ask God for contentment. You've heard this before, but anybody on their deathbed, you're not going to hear, I sure wish I'd have worked longer. Man, I sure wish I would have stayed at the office longer. I sure wish I would have done. No. You know what you hear? I wish I had more time with my family. I wish I had another opportunity. I wish I had the opportunity to say, I'm sorry. Jesus is enough. He's all we need. No matter what station of life is uh, we are in, my grandmother used to say this. I'd, I'd talk about somebody that I admired or I looked up to or whatever. She said, he puts his pants on the same way you do. Of course, I was younger, much more intelligent than I am now. I said, does he set them up and run up, jump off the bed and jump into them both legs at the same time? She said, Neil. But it's true. We all put our pants on the same way. 
our new target, that new bullseye, is to live like we're children of the king. Not a king, the king. And when we do, we have better expectations. You see, for Christians, our eternity far exceeds any of our earthly expectations. This is a reminder. For those of you that have given your life to Jesus, that call yourself Christians, you know when eternity started? The moment you got saved. That's when it started. It doesn't start when you die. It starts when you got saved. So live like it. I don't think our human understanding, we can ever really understand what's waiting for us in heaven. Because if we're thinking about everything we've ever wanted, house, car, family, spouse, kids, everything we've wanted for our kids, that list might never end. But today, friend, let me tell you, for the child of God, our expectations, our target is heaven. Those things we've wanted, hoped for in this life, no matter how great, pales in comparison to what awaits us in heaven for eternity. Remember Psalm 62, 5, for God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from him. If we go to a restaurant, it doesn't have to be a fancy restaurant. Just be a regular restaurant. You walk in, sign says, please wait to be seated. The hostess comes up, she takes you to your seat, she sits you down, she gives you the menu. She says, your waiter will be right with you. Now, how do we want this waiter to wait? Do we want him to wait passively? Just sit on the wall, not bring us our sweet tea refills? No. Do we want him to wait recklessly? No, because that's how accidents happen and plates get broken and things get spilled. We want him to wait actively, to be intentional, to be aware, to be patient. I don't need you coming over here every 30 seconds, but I need you to see when I need a need and I need you to bring it to me. And that's exactly what God is calling us to do. Wait actively. Dads in the room, I'm going to get in your grits for just a minute. Let's lead our families. Let's decide what we're going to do. Actively get involved in a life group. Not being a tender, not be a mouth breather. Get in a life group and get involved. Let's, let's actively be a part of a Love Where You Live project. Quit going through the motions. Let's go get involved. Let's impact this community for the cause of Christ. We talk about connecting people to Jesus Christ and one another. Let's go do it. Let's, let's actively teach our kids, model it for them, how to share the love of Jesus with the world around them and have them, how to teach them how to become disciples of Christ. Not to check off a box, but because we're tired of waiting passively. So many of us are going through a situation today, and I don't know, every seat has a different somebody in it with a different situation where we all need comfort and aid from God. 
And sometimes, as I said earlier, we're put in a position where we can do nothing but wait on God. But as we learned today, that's what we should have been doing anyway. Let's surrender our problems. Let God help us with them. Actively. Would you bow your heads with me? Where you are, as the band comes up, where you are in your seat, it's time to do business with God. Some of you may be sitting there going, I've tried to do too much on my own. Today, surrender. I've tried to take on too much. Let it go. Wherever you are, in this room, online, maybe, maybe you've never fully surrendered to Jesus Christ and made him Lord of your life. So when I talk about these things, it's all absolutely foreign. We're gonna have pastors up front that you can come talk to. Because I don't want you to leave here today until you've been able to get it straight, get it right. Come talk to them. Make Jesus the boss of your life today. God, today around this room, there are so many people doing business with you. Lord, our prayer is that we would be a people that wait in you. Lord, that our peace comes from you. That our patience comes from you. And that as we're actively waiting, guiding us every step of the way. Lord, do today what only you can do, God. That is to change hearts, change lives, change families. In your son's name we pray. Amen.